Wake up, world. You're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. I'm here with D-Boy once again. What's going on, D-Boy? What's going on, world? D-Boy. And by popular demand, by popular demand, <laughs> I got my guy, Justin Myers, in the studio with me today. What's going on, Justin? This is what it took to it's- get on the Wake Up and Win podcast. <laughs> like the last, last eight months, I've been trying to get on the show. It took us getting canceled and me sitting on my couch for like a month and a half before you finally let me on the show. No, nah, man, so I'm I was here. I, I was it. just yeah, you made it. I'm glad you made it. And I was just, you know, I was keeping things exclusive when I came <laughs> onto this podcast. I always promoted the Justin and Devon show. So I, you know, I wanted people to, you know, the podcast <laughs> listeners to go listen to what we did on the radio show. But uh, Justin definitely has uh, made some noise when it came to not ever having an appearance on the Wake Up and Win podcast <laughs> while we did the show together. After the show is over, after the show is canceled, he has not been shy in his approach at letting me know, uh, hey man, when am I gonna get this invite? Well, here's the thing, like I've been sitting with all sorts of stuff to say and I got nowhere to say it. It's the worst <laughs> thing you ever do. Take away the show and I'm sitting there you, all with kind my of take. dog and my girlfriend giving hot takes. <laughs> what's going on in Pac-12 basketball? So I have to come here to finally share some takes. It's good. It back to the people. It's good, it's good. We're gonna do that. And I'm actually started off with Pac-12 basketball. We got a lot of content we're going to dig into. We're going to dig into some uh, Team Steph versus Team LeBron. We're going to dig into some uh, Larry Nassar. We're going to dig into some Drake. We're going to dig in a little bit of everything. Sports, politics, culture. We got it all handled here. But um, first off, I want to promote the new three-on-two podcast that I have going with Danny Moran and Tyson Alger of The Oregonian. Uh, We just released an episode last night. You can go find that on Oregon Live in the sports section, Ducks or Beavers. Your choice. Go ahead. It'll be there. Um, But... It is the Civil War this weekend. We talked a lot about Oregon versus Oregon State tomorrow. And uh, I know you got a take on that, man, being somebody who's covered Oregon sports for such a long time. I know you're a little bit of a duck guy. Yeah. But uh, what's your take on tomorrow's game, Civil War game? Oregon basketball. This is the most frustrating Oregon basketball team (laughs) I've seen. I mean, it's incredibly frustrating because ever since – this is my thought on, on what has been going on this year. This is the first time since Dana Altman has taken over, where I don't think he has an idea of what this team is. Even his teams that were that were mediocre, his first team that won the CBI, like you knew what they were going to be, and he held that team together with, right. with duct tape and dental floss just to, try to, <laughs> just to try to get to any kind of postseason. Then they went to the NIT, and then after that, they you knew what they were. Right. This team, I have no earthly idea what they are. Yeah, but Do they want to go down low? Do they want to shoot threes? Do yeah. they want to get up and down? I know they can play defense, which is gonna. I think that's gonna help them if they ever pull off this this Dana Altman late season run that everybody says is coming. Right. But they don't have a go-to guy. It's the first time I've seen a Dana Altman coach team that doesn't have a go-to guy. If it's eight seconds left, I'll ask both of you. Yeah. You watch Oregon basketball this year. Uh huh. Eight seconds left on the shot clock in a one-possession game. Who gets the ball? Uh, anybody, anybody. <laughs> I mean, it, it'll have to be it'll have to be either Peyton Pritchard or Elijah Brown. Elijah Brown's just a volume guy, but Pritchard is your leader, and he's not afraid to make the big play. And I actually was at the game uh, when they played in the PK eighty against DePaul, and that was the only game I've been to. I'm actually gonna go to the game tomorrow, so I'll be able to see a little bit more. But that was the only game that I've been to live, and uh, Pritchard was their big playmaker in that game. 
He's still their leader. He's the only guy that's been around. So I would still say Pritchard. But Brown, I mean, Elijah Brown's telling that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, they gonna go to experience, but I get you. Yeah. It's not a go-to guy, though. Yeah, they just sure. go to experience. Understandable. So we'll see tomorrow who'll end up winning that game. Well, and, and that's where I think where Oregon State look. They they are not as talented as Oregon. When you look at the just the physicality of both teams, Oregon should beat them, but. They've got Tres Tinker. Yes, they do. That kid takes over games. That kid yeah. knows when knows when it's time to to put on a show. Right. Oregon didn't have that guy. I think, yeah. and I, I honestly think if he can stay healthy, obviously he's dealt with a lot of injuries during his college career, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's an NBA talent. Trace Tinkle. I'm not even going to mention that because I've already admitted to you. You know this. I'm the worst <laughs> NBA scout ever. So do y'all Every- think either way for that game? Or which uh, I, mean, I, I, I think Oregon. Here? I think Oregon will pull it off at home. Yeah, I think Ooh. Oregon getting them at home right. yeah. definitely has a chance. But if it's close again, I think Oregon Oregon's going to have to to win by ten plus. Yeah, I don't see them winning Ooh. a single digit game because you they had a seventeen willpower. point lead yeah. against UCLA. Yeah, who has again same thing as Oregon. They don't have a go to guy either. Yeah, and they almost came all the way back at home. Yeah, I think it'll be Oregon at home though. I think I so. say it's less than ten deficit. I definitely say that. Then it's Oregon State if it's less than ten. That's what I got. Ooh. All right, all right. I like that take there. <laughs> I like see. that. Back all by right. popular demand, folks. <laughs> we'll He's be here. talking soon. <laughs> <laughs> He's here, but since you talked about how bad of an NBA scout you are, you got to be an NBA scout anyway right, right now because uh, we had the draft, the first ever NBA All-Star draft yesterday. It was Team LeBron against Team Steph. The rosters were released. Um, I named the starters at least for each team. You got for Team LeBron, the starting five is Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Kyrie Irving, and obviously LeBron James. For Steph Curry's team is James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You like that? You that like boy. that pronunciation? Yeah, there you go. go. There you Got go. Uh, De- yeah, Harden, DeRozan, Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and of course, Steph Curry, who is the captain. So just based on the starting fives alone, and we'll dig into the reserves as well, based on the starting fives alone, who's winning this game? Team LeBron by a long shot, hands down. You're out of your mind. <laughs> out, of, out of your mind. Hands down, it's Look, over. This is the problem. Okay, this is the problem because I'm sure if you're looking at this like they're gonna play an actual real game, right? Yeah, yeah team on LeBron, paper, on paper, team it's LeBron team, wins. Right. Yeah. This is an all-star game. I hear. Nobody. You. James Harden and Steph Curry are gonna have nobody playing in front of them. They're not going to miss a shot. I think because of this format, I think they're going to take the game a little more serious. I really do. I think I think so. I think with this mixture, they're trying to make it a more of a competitive thing. I don't, I don't think so. I think so. I don't think so. I think they're going to go have fun. I think they're going to be hungover. They'll be in L.A. So oh, that, man. They'll be in L.A. I, but And you know what I think? I think the Greek freak is going to be the difference maker. Because him being so young, he's going to be in L.A. This will be his first time really in that big of a spotlight, right, I would say. Right. You know, he was an all-star last year, but you're in an all-star game in L.A. All eyes are on you. KD, LeBron, I don't really think they care as much. You know, they, they got a stack squad, AD, DeMarcus. They're going to go out there and play. But I think Giannis is going to go out there and really take the game serious. In the case of Steph, he's already said that 
he likes being the underdog. So now that they've already got that underdog label, I think they're going to come out and give more effort. I think KD and LeBron is putting on a show for sure. I think somebody like a Boogie Cousins, maybe not so much. Like he said, if they play in a real game, yeah, that looks good. But in an all-star game, he might not be as valuable. So I still think that KD and LeBron are enough of, I mean, you know, but, big, but, big time playmakers. But you also, you also have DeMar DeRozan and James Harden, who are both from L.A., Right. So I feel like it's a lot more incentive for for an MVP chase on Team Steph because you got two players from L.A. You got Giannis, who's I think is going to be young and really going to try to thrive in the spotlight. And Bede is another one who I think is young and is going to try to thrive in the spotlight. And Steph has already mentioned that he likes being an underdog. So am I two against one here? (laughs) 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 Pals brought up maybe the most important factor. Okay, this is All-Star Weekend. All right, this is party time in in L.A. So advantage goes to the L.A. guys. All right, Harden. And and Curry, even though he's from from Virginia, but he's a West Coast guy now. Right, yeah. Those... 2 a.m., which is where they're going to be out and tell. <laughs> that is 5 a.m. on the East Coast. Right, 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 your right. body clock is yeah. messed up. If you oh. do not know how to handle L.A., yeah. you do not know how to handle 2 a.m. West right, Coast right, time. Right. Yeah. You got LeBron and Boogie. Boogie going to be sweet. KD. KD's definitely going to turn up. Meanwhile, Harden is an L.A. guy. DeRozan's an L.A. guy. They know how to get home. They know exactly where they're going. Giannis is going to be in bed by like 9 o'clock. All right. <laughs> Down in. It is just destruction. We might absolute be. destruction. <laughs> and we haven't even got into the reserves yet. Yeah. <laughs> we might be making some wagers off air. Uh, I think we can make them on air. I think LeBron got it. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, yeah. Hey, I just, okay, here's the other thing. Let's yeah. take a look at LeBron's team real quick. Right. Okay. All right. Because LeBron and KD are going to be on the same team. And I, I do agree. I do agree with you that I think LeBron is going to take this just a little bit more serious because right. it's Team LeBron. Right. And he's such an egomaniac. And he won't win a championship this year. No, not at all. So, so he's going to take it seriously. <laughs> serious. Yeah. So when Team Le- when LeBron takes over, because you know he's going to, KD, Boogie, Davis, those guys are just going to Kyrie. Stop. What, what yeah, about, they're just going to stop. What about that dynamic as well? You got LeBron picked Kyrie. That's yeah. what I'm stuck on, too. He's another. <laughs> he picked he's he's going to put on a show. And Kyrie. Yes. LeBron's playing games. He's playing with fire. Right. He's playing games. <laughs> yeah. Every article I read today was talking about articulating his strategy behind picking. It By was the way, fire. Isn't Kevin Love on that team as well? Uh, yeah, Kevin, yeah, Love's Kevin on. Love's on that team. Are you serious? <laughs> he was yeah. playing games. Was and playing. I know Kevin Love. LeBron, I know his problems with Kevin Love and LeBron the Cleveland has been Locker. secretly telling people that Kevin Love is faking illness. <laughs> he ran Kyrie out of town. He's battling KD for who's the greatest of, of this generation. Yeah. You're yeah. telling me that's going to yeah. work? Yeah, one person Meanwhile, said that they wanted him to play for a team, Kyrie to play for a team called Team LeBron. He likes yeah. that. So, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Curry. Uh, Harden, yeah. uh, DeRozan, DeRozan, Dame. Yeah. Uh, who else is on there? Uh, Clay, Clay. Clay. Those guys are gonna make like four or five passes and shoot open threes all day. And Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Just, he can shoot. I think That's Dame gonna shoot ten shoot. threes in eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna make the most of his burn. Speaking of Let's Dame, be, speaking yeah. of Dame, we will talk about Dame because Dame was one of those guys. Well, first off, let's talk about Russell Westbrook's comments. 
um, in relation to his teammate Paul George, who didn't get selected this year. So they're considering Paul George a snub. And, you know, you deal with snubs every year. Dame is a guy who's been a part of the Blazers. The Blazers have been campaigning for Dame. Um, in some ways, Dame has been campaigning for himself. Uh, I still don't give Dame 100% blame for that because all he does is answer the question. So when he's asked if you should be an all-star, he's going to say, because I did this, 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 and that. So I don't mind him answering questions. But the Blazers have definitely campaigned for Dame to become an all-star. Um, but I want to know, who do you guys think got picked last? Dame. You yeah, think it was that? <laughs> he was the last think, pick. I don't think so. Right, tell me one. Al Horford. <laughs> he should not be in the All Star game this year. I, I'm not picking Al Horford over Dame in an All Star game. I forgot he was even on the All Star game. Yeah, he might Al have been Horford, second to last. Al, Al Horford. I also think uh, Victor Oladipo went after Dame. No, mm -mm. I think only Al, big old Al, is the last pick. I, I think, <laughs> Oladipo man, guy. I'm so no. mad, by the way, that this wasn't like playground style. Yeah. Like they, no, here's the thing. Next next year, Adam Silver. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give him. Cause you fix everything. Absolutely, I'm gonna fix this. <laughs> yeah. You want to make you want to make a lot of money. You want to revitalize the All Star game. You want people to care. Put all of the guys on the end line like you yeah. do in a pickup yeah. game. Yeah. And then and then let's see who LeBron and Steph pick standing there, standing, yeah. looking at their face. Well, not just as opposed to on paper, just yeah. picking. Well, yeah. Well, 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 they they didn't and televise they have, it. They yeah. didn't televise it. And not just televise the draft, but make the players be Stand there. Present. Yeah. I'm picking so you in the you face. Come back so you me. would have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so they would have to do that on All-Star weekend. Yeah, because there's no way you can get all those players in, but that that would be an added element to All-Star Weekend that do it I think will work. Do the middle of the dunk contest. Yeah, do it. Yeah, you can Let's definitely. Yeah, yeah, on a Saturday, do it. I think no. they like to have it probably out a little sooner than that, but I, mean, but, but I don't I, know for I why. Mean, yeah, it's not yeah, like they're going to be stra why, uh, strategizing yeah. before the game. They're going to be turned up before the game. They're going to yeah, be I don't know. having I don't a good know. time. turning it real short, I think. You feel me? But I mean, maybe. I mean, the NBA could do what they got to do. To I mean, the only thing you have to worry about is what announcing the guys who you'll probably have somebody performing and then you do the crazy announcements but that's easy to put together I think it takes no time so I think you should put them together I think it's at least to a lot more suspense going into the game you don't know who you know the guys who are selected as all-stars but you, just you don't, don't know, know who's team. gonna be imagine how big of a blow-up that's gonna be if you do have these guys standing at the baseline and LeBron's like oh I got KD and, and we're watching Listen, it on TNT, so, so, on live TV, when they're already like, televising every event that's going right. on from Friday to Sunday anyway. I don't know about you guys, but I've been there. at a, You go to a pickup basketball game, and right. I'm, I'm fair to Midland. I'm athletic. <laughs> right. right. I'm first. He's a baseball guy. Yeah. When He's a baseball I show guy. up, He's I, gonna get picked. I look yeah. cool. I'm coordinated. Right. Yeah. I don't dress goofy. Right. Yeah. Right. Ball up in there, yeah. They start picking teams. Yeah. Right. And you know you're better than this yeah. guy. Yeah. That guy goes before you. Yeah. So now imagine you're like Russell Westbrook. Yeah. But, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. some other guard goes, and you start giving the side eye because Westbrook can't keep it from the face. Yeah. You'd be the first one to get mad. They're showing so many. Yeah. Yeah. Do all that, but but in. you know what? I think that would help. That would help even beyond the All Star game going into the second half of the season. There could be some potential tension there. There so, can be some potential so, tension, like Damon. So once Damon Russ have some potential after the Al Horford right name now. drop, do y'all still agree that Damon got big 
last. I, Oladipo got picked after that. <laughs> you think so? He's I think Oladipo last? got. And you know who else I think got picked after Dame? I think Kevin Love got picked after Dame. No way. No, no. no. That was LeBron playing so. games. No, yeah. Kevin Love. <laughs> LeBron yeah, playing yeah. games. He might have went fourth with this game going right now. But but yeah, I definitely would say Oladipo got picked after Dame. I think Kyle Lowry got picked after Dame. Did anybody get snubbed this year? Anybody not there that should be there? I mean, it's there's always guys that should be there. I think every well, I think I mean, Al Horford is the, the, I think Al Horford is the only guy that didn't deserve to, to be, be there. there. I averaging like thirteen and six. Like it's somebody better than that, but he's also in the East. It's not too many other people. Like Paul George plays in the West now, so right. it was still East West when it came to who got selected. Right, they just mixed things up and did the yeah. team captains to choose these teams after the selections were already made. I feel like Dame kind of wore the face of the snub guy the last few years, so yeah. I was just feel, feel like wondering if you felt like anybody else was kind of taking over that trend starting this well, year. Well, I think I think well, I mean, and I don't. Don't think he compares to Dame. I mean, he's a really good player, but I don't think he compares to Dame as far as being a legit snub over time. Uh, but I know Lou Williams has definitely Lou been out. Williams. <laughs> see, Lou see, Williams. No, I, no, I'm telling you. No, I'm telling you. He's, he's been bad. outspoken. I'm telling you, he's been outspoken about it. I don't think he should have got selected. But I'm saying he's he been has. the most outspoken. But my point that I was getting at was Paul George. Chris Paul, these are guys who have been perennial all-stars. So they're not really making as big of a deal about not being picked this year. Plus, they both made transitions to where they're on contending teams. I don't think the Clippers were a legit contender while Chris Paul was there for the most part. They never even made it to a conference finals. The Pacers were because they were in the East. They got to some conference finals, and they were always in the playoffs, and they had some star power in Paul George. But now he's playing on the Thunder. So I think, you know, the guys who may have got snubbed were those two guys, but I don't think they really care because they've never been snubs. They've been perennial all-stars their whole career. I will say, if Chris Paul was an all-star, he would have been picked last because everybody hates yeah. that guy. Everybody, <laughs> everybody hates that guy. <laughs> I think Dame want to beat him up right now. Yeah, but, but LeBron might have picked him just because that's his, LeBron doesn't hate him. Oh, is he Banana Boat Crew? He's Banana Boat Crew. Is he like official Banana Boat Crew? He's a... Wow. Is he like original? He's Banana Boat Crew. I don't know if he's original, That's though. what I'm wondering. I think it was just the three that were original. D-Wayne, LeBron, and Carmelo. I, I don't know when Chris Paul uh, got added to that. So, y'all think Dame got... You think Dame got picked last? No, I'll never forget. All right, all right. Like, we finally agreed on something. Today. But he's he's at the bottom. He's at the bottom. All right. If you're okay, if you're a Blazer fan, are you yeah. almost mad that Dame got picked as an All Star? No, no, not at all. But every time Dame no. gets snubbed, he gets mad, and then he plays well in, in the, the second, second half. half. That's true. He's, I, now he's legitimized three-time All Star. He can't play the nobody. Yeah, you know, nobody gives nah. me any respect. He's a three-time All-Star now. I think they embraced that second half thing already because I even seen, like, a post from CJ or something, like, talking about, like, they know about the second half of the season where they really turn it up. So they've I been think playing they're still well gonna, in January. Yeah, I they've think they're winning. still going to do that, hopefully. Hopefully. But I, I get where you're coming from. That, that definitely is an added element or some added motivation. But I think Dame is self-motivated anyway 
to go out there and ball out. He always does. So I'm happy to see him in the All-Star game this year. But now I want to go to it. We're going to get a little bit more serious here. Um, Dr. Larry Nassari is the gymnast. Doctor uh, came from Michigan State, but he was all, he also was the doctor for the Olympics, uh, the USA gymnastics team, and he sexually assaulted, abused like 175 women. Damn, that's a lot. And I, I more so I don't want, obviously I think we would all agree that that's just filthy, disgusting, nasty. But for it to be able to get to 175 women. We got to do better at preventing it to get into that big of a number until he finally gets caught up and he's gotten sentenced. They, it's like 40 to like 100, 100 plus years. That was the years that he was sentenced to. But how do we prevent it from getting to 175 first before this thing even becomes the huge story that it is? No, this is it's an easy but a hard fix yeah but it's it's easy in the fact that you have to you cannot get this deep without people turning a blind eye you can't do it yeah you can't get this far in without people knowing what was going on people enabling what was going on and not that they agreed with it or that they but gold medals were being won money was being paid yeah and nobody wanted to upset the apple cart and those people not only should be called out but they should go to prison you want to stop this from happening in the future you find out a legitimate real investigation into usa gymnastics and michigan state yeah and you put those people in prison and if you punish enablers then you're going to get people who are going to look less at self-interest and more into the, the greater good. This same nonsense happened at Penn State. It's yeah. the same thing Sandusky. that happened at Penn State. Man. Sandusky was made out to be this bad apple, right? Yeah. yeah. But it turned out that multiple assistant coaches knew what was going on and yeah. did nothing. Joe yeah. Paterno did nothing. Yeah. They fire Paterno. And what happens? Fans riot because they're... Their yeah. hero got taken down. Right, right. And it's like, if you punish, like not just fire or or tarnish, or, but or I tell mean, them to step down, like the, the president of the, Michigan State yeah. did, the athletic director of Michigan State you did. You legitimately punish, punish. Yeah. enablers, and and you go back again to to Penn State, and the NCAA's can be in on this as well because it can't all be the Justice Department and the, and the federal government, you've got the NCAA that can bring down a hammer and they missed so bad on Penn State. They brought the hammer and then caved under pressure. They're supposed to get four years of uh-huh. bull band, they, two. Yeah. They're fighting to get Paterno's wins back. The money, all of that stuff, you can't cave. So if I'm the NCAA, mm-hmm. Michigan State gets hammered. And right. I'm not talking gymnastics. Yeah. All sports. All right. sports. You want to send a message that enabling this sort of behavior is not going to work? Suspend yeah. the football team. Yeah. Suspend the basketball team. The entire I athletic. don't know about that, though. Just you because, want, I mean, you want, I, don't, I don't want to punish. I don't want to punish the players from the other team because there's guys oh, that just, make oh, a simple fix you do yeah. exactly what you did at Penn State you allow them you give them transfer free transfer, free transfer. you are at Michigan yeah. State yeah. right now you get a free transfer yeah. to anywhere you want you are eligible to play right away and then the entire athletic yeah. department is suspended from postseason play you want to get people out for the greater good yeah you have to start hitting them in their pocketbook I mean I just heavily agree with what he's saying as far as like 
the blind eye aspect of it. Like, right. I'm not sure with the consequences wholeheartedly and how I should go about it, but it's like definitely 175 yeah, that's people too, that's is a lot. way too much. You lot. know what I mean? I, it's even, if you're talking 10 to 15, like the chances of that many people being quiet or whatever, way slimmer. But 175, this is a big, long, ongoing situation. And a lot of people were involved and knew more, you feel me, and said less. And so I just don't like how all of this stuff comes out at one time when this is an ongoing thing. And like he said, it needs to be a big hammer coming down yeah. on the whole Institution. institution not just gymnasts or gymnastics or whatever the case it needs to be like he said and it needs to be deeper than just making somebody step down like this is criminalistic stuff to be aware of this and just have a blind eye to it yeah so I mean like I said I, I get that and it's I think it's a little touchy you know when you're dealing with families even transferring like I get what you're saying from tr free transfer and I understand where the priority lies the priority lies with these 175 victims so forget the brand of Michigan State mm -hmm. forget the brand of the USA team they've enabled this in a lot of ways because I would agree with you that there are some enablers involved in this entire case and you know in these 100 175 women who got assaulted but I still think it's a little bit harder than just being able to say you know what all of you guys from the basketball team even though you may not have had nothing to do with this you got to get up and go transfer somewhere else I still think that it's their livelihoods and careers that are on the line too so I still think it should be more so a direct attack maybe the athletic director who was told to step down but yeah. right, he stepped down but I just don't think you penalize every other program. No, no, no I don't because, either. Because, but that, I mean, that's what you kind of would have to do because I get what you're saying. You're saying put the hammer down yep. on Michigan State, the school. The, the athletic the department. The athletic department. The institution. Everybody, yeah. everybody under this athletic department is essentially responsible. And if you want to prevent this, you you didn't yeah. ask prevention, what's a, right? What's a right. Proper, For sure. You asked how to prevent this. Yeah, because mm -hmm. that's that's what's necessary here. You, if you're the NCAA and you say that Michigan State athletics for two years across the board yeah. is banned from postseason play, mm -hmm. I guarantee you everybody's going to start checking their backyard. You want to get people to stop putting profit yeah. above the safety and well-being of their athletes then you have to come out with a with a massive punishment and guess what you can't fix this fair yeah, it's, it's not, no nice way to fix there's it. There's no, there's no good nice. Way did you say something this. about like a heavier investigation or something like that? Because absolutely, I feel like just even coming down on more of the enablers, heftier still gets the message across. It's like anybody who's remotely involved in something like that to take a look. You know what I mean? And be like, okay, they're not playing with this at all. But once again, it's like anything else. It's like somebody that's not afraid to go to jail. Like, of course they're gonna mess up. If you're not fearful of the punishment, you're gonna still be active in this. You get what I'm saying? So I think it's more so focusing on who really was involved in this and coming down on them harder than, like he said, taking away from a basketball program that might not have had nothing to do with this. Obviously, give them the option to transfer now that this is on the institution, but not punish them and keep them out of the playoffs. This is the biggest sex abuse scandal maybe in the ever. history of the United States. Yeah, ever. Not sure. sports, yeah. not gymnastics, right. not the history of the United States. Yeah. And it came down on your watch. So, sorry, mm -hmm. you're a Michigan State Spartan. Mm -hmm. It's 
the it gets on you mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. if you if you're the NCAA and you want to take this serious and you want to make sure that this so so far in the last 15 years the NCAA has had Jerry Sandusky and Larry Nasser mm-hmm. in 15 years and that's only the ones we know about because we're in an information age how do 175 females get abused by just one bad apple Somebody's got to go to jail, and he's going <laughs> Somebody, to jail for 175 right. yeah, years, yeah, right. which is great. Yeah. But somebody else has got to go to jail here because Agreed. you can't you can't just say that you didn't realize what was going on. There's yeah. no possible way I believe that. And I get that because even uh, somebody like I've heard some criticism of the judge. Uh, the judge she kind of got a little mouthy when she sentenced him, rightfully so in my opinion, but because of her position, there were people who criticized her for the way that she spoke at him as a criminal. And I know there's all, you know, if we talk about criminals as a whole, you know, especially when you bring in race or you bring in any kind of things, there's definitely some tension between society and the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. So I get it from that aspect. I don't get it. I don't knock the judge for saying what she said how she said it to him in particular but the importance shouldn't have been on what she said to Larry Nassar in the first place because of what he did even though she's a judge even though she's a part of the criminal justice system even though there's a lot of tension and a lot of back and forth between general society and the general and the uh, justice system anyway I didn't like that people even had anything to say or even commented on the way that she uh, sentenced Larry Nassar. They should have just been happy that Larry Nassar got sentenced, no matter how it was that he got sentenced. Well, here's the thing. He pled guilty. Yeah. He pled guilty. So, sorry. Sit there. Listen to the impact statements. And and that's the thing. We're on social media. I, I don't know about you guys, but I saw, you know, hits of this on Twitter. That judge sat there. Yeah. For two weeks and heard over a hundred victim impact statements. You're telling me and then was time to give it, you know, the 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 final gavel that you're not going to give a little bit of a sermon? Yes, you are. (laughs) Nobody's going to sit there. I agree 100%. And so I applaud the judge. Yeah, me too. Because you, that's the whole point of a victim impact statement is you need to realize the weight of your actions and the judge then Mm -hmm. handed down the proper punishment 175 enjoy them all and like he said we're in a social media world you gotta expect that this is nationally televised covered media wise it's gonna be acknowledged what she said you know what I mean and I don't think that that was gonna hold her back from saying what she said and like he said I totally agree I'm on her side yeah I am too he needed to hear that it's just we live in that world it's gonna be exposed anything in like a crowd of more than 100 people without one person (laughs) my point is kittens playing with a ball of yarn on right. YouTube and somebody's going to put a comment and, about yep, how awful this light. is. Yep, yeah. so that's real talk. So yeah, that's what I yet. mean by it. When it's this exposure, you're going to have opinions, but I don't think that is no way around acknowledging that. You feel me? That's an opinion. Respect. So yeah, like I said, I, you know, I definitely first off, I feel sorry for all of the victims, all 175 of the victims. That's where the importance lies when it comes to this entire case. It doesn't lie with Nassar. It doesn't lie with the judge. It lies it, uh, it's with these victims first. So shout out to them. You know, 
I hope they get all the help that they need because I know that's a traumatic experience. Um, I respect what you had to say as far as prevention wise. I think we need to figure out how to prevent these types of things from happening because there had to be plenty of enablers out there. There's always enablers out there. We talked about it here on the podcast before. We actually talked about a Drake concert one time. Correct. And uh, and we're actually going to talk about Drake here in a minute because we got to add our culture element to this entire uh, episode. But when we talked about Drake and him calling out somebody who was filling on a girl at one of his shows or something like that. Yeah. And it was just an interesting dynamic there just because, you know... At a show, in a party, things of that sort, things definitely get a little bit more tricky. But I still think that overall, regardless of how the message gets across, we got to figure out a way to prevent these things and not focus on other aspects and other elements like money, like status, like comments. comments. We can't focus on all of those things. We have to focus on the issue at hand, which is this guy got away with 175 with abusing or assaulting 175 at least girls, at least 175 girls. That's what we know of who have came out and spoken against him. So uh, people just always be alert and try to figure out a way to prevent things and try not to be an enabler. I know it can definitely be a tough and a tricky situation in some cases. Like you don't know how to necessarily handle things because of money, because of status, because how you may be affected or how somebody else may or may not be affected. But try to focus on doing the right supporting, thing. doing the right thing and supporting women and girls who are victims are becoming victims of sexual abuse, sexual assault, rape, etc. Don't be don't be a negative element to rape culture. Try to figure out a way to be a positive element to rape culture and pushing this thing forward so that we can prevent something this nasty and wicked from happening again. So uh, now we're going to talk about Drake. Because Drake released two songs this past week on Scary Hours. I don't know if that was an EP. Yeah, I don't know if it was an EP. Yeah, a little two-song EP, whatever you want to call it. But Diplomatic Immunity is the song that I want to talk about. Because he took a lot of shots. He took a lot of shots. He took a shot at uh, Joe Budden, who we know has become very popular here in the podcast game. He was an artist. He claims he's a retired artist now, but now he kind of comes at a lot of this, a lot of these young rappers and these young artists in the hip hop industry who have a totally different wave than what he had when he had his glorious days in the rap game. Um, when did Joe Budden become the OG? <laughs> I don't like this at all. <laughs> Joe Budden is going after the young rappers? Yeah. No, he is one. Yeah. Man, he an OG in this yeah, game. Man. Yeah. In this game, yeah. And he wearing it proudly, too. But, but yeah, how do you feel about Joe Budden being the OG in the game right now? I don't like now? it at all. <laughs> I don't name, name me two Joe Budden songs. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't, even name two, can't even name two Joe Button songs. Tell me when the last time Joe Button dropped the song. I have no earthly so idea. He's an OG. <laughs> that, has no, that has nothing to do with it. You want me to name seven Snoop Dogg songs? I can do that. So, well, then why isn't he an OG? Because he didn't have any good songs. So See, he hasn't he, earned his stripes? No. 
I to mean, be able I, to have this much like influence, credibility, credibility, he, yeah. Okay, he doesn't have any good songs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree that I, I kind of was surprised when I first seen that he was like the face of having a major opinion. Like, who is Joe Button to have a, a credible opinion on anything that's going on right now or period in hip hop? Well, I mean, I don't mind it because he's been around. But that's kind of what Drake said, like in the song Diplomatic Community where he took a shot he was like listening to somebody who basically haven't did nothing for you know what I mean the culture like we're heavily involved in hip hop we do hip hop and we dang near can't name two Joe Button songs that's terrible yeah but I mean I I also think that I mean that's in all aspects that's why sometimes players get mad at media personalities and you hear oh we got all these guys who never played the game or who never did this or who never did that that are speaking on what we're doing as athletes and in this case you got Button who at least was a rapper and who at (laughs) least made songs and who at least has been around enough to kind of see how things go and how things work speaking out against itself I mean, not against it, but he's kind of hammering these young guys pretty tough. He's definitely hammering this new wave of music. He's hammering a lot of these new artists. So I understand from both both aspects. When you're somebody who grew up in an era that Joe Budden might have grown up in, who kind of had his claim to fame in an entirely different era than what's, you know, popping right now. You can see why he says some of the things that he says, and you definitely can see why these young artists are clapping back at him. Yeah. His his like uh, opinions to me sound like a parent's opinion. That's right. why I feel like yeah, oh gee, I feel like he say everything a parent would say. Like, what was Twenty One Savage saying in that? Like, you yeah. can't even understand. Like, it sound like right. a yapping like mad mom or something like that. Like my back in my day, our music had some substance. Like, right, right. he sounds like that kind of person. So. He OG to me for sure. Doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Just no, like, listen. Here's the no, thing. I yeah. was actually I was thinking about this the other day because I I made this declaration. Listen, I do not like new hip hop. I don't like it. Yeah, okay. you're a '90s guy. Every once in a while, 100%. there'll be a couple of songs that, that pop in and out that I like. So I like Joe Button right now. For the most part, <laughs> I don't I don't like new hip hop. It doesn't mean I'm wrong, and it doesn't mean that I'm old. Because I go back, listen, go back to the well, 90s. you are a little older I am old, are. but it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. Okay, there you go. I will be the first to admit, as much as I love 90s music, Motown was better than the 90s. Right? That's an OG's perspective of music. You tell me, look, Lionel Richie <laughs> and, and Smokey Robinson and Stevie Wonder... Those guys were better than the R&B that was in the 90s. Tell me to name two Lionel Richie songs. I can't. <laughs> Hello, Dancing on the Ceiling, All that's Night why Long. you and Joe Button is OGs. <laughs> you tell me. But, but I get what he's saying, because basically what he's saying is, you didn't necessarily grow up on that no. era of music. You right. grew up on the 90s era of yes. music, but, but you, you still, still pay homage and yeah, say that right. Smokey Robinson and everybody else that came before them have made better music than... The rappers or yeah. artists in the 90s did. Absolutely. And just like rappers in the 90s are much better than rappers of today. today. Because yeah. look, Motown, those guys were pioneers. It was They were creating something out of nothing. Right. Hip-hop in the, the mid to, to early 90s, it was the same thing, especially when it transitioned into L.A. It was They were pioneers. They now, were doing I, stuff that, that was never being done before. And now, look, like everything else, music... Is like is like life, right? Yeah, when for you sure. grow up and you learn to walk. Remember, like everybody's parents remember when they learned to walk. 
Now we walk every day. It's nothing special, but right. your first the first time you learn to walk, it's a big deal. Yeah, hip hop is now in the awkward teenage stage. But, but it's you know, no, but it is. It's an awkward teenage stage. How you figure? They mumble yeah. around. Nobody knows what they're saying. <laughs> All right, <laughs> they're not making much but, sense. But here's my thing. But it's but, an awkward teenage but, stage. But here's my thing, and here's why I disagree to some aspects because I do think that sometimes. Like, respect the pioneers. I don't like the rappers who don't respect 90s rap. I don't like 90s rappers who don't expect respect 80s hip-hop and so on and so forth. You definitely got to pay homage and pay respect to what came before you. But I don't think you can discredit what's going on now today because somebody came before you. I don't think that... Just because you have to pay respect to people that come before you doesn't mean that you can't think that you're better than them. Well, uh, here's, here's the thing, though. Like, I love Boys to Men. Boys to Men wasn't better than Jackson Five. Jackson Five was better than Boys to Men. It doesn't discredit anything that Boys to Men did, right? Just like I love Dre and Snoop and Tupac and Biggie and all those guys. It, it doesn't mean that. Well, it does mean they're better than like me. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that what they're doing isn't relevant or isn't good. Right. It's just that's when it was in its golden age and that's when it was at its best. I just feel like this the first time in music ever that it's been so like directed into one message. I feel like at every other point in hip hop it was, or music in general, whether it was 80s, 90s, it was so much different substance behind the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think right now the message is just not agreed upon by anybody but young people. Right. You get what I'm saying? And okay. so it makes it a little they're bit harder to be receive. A lot more people feel like Justin because they're not... It, they're not feeling the that message right. at all. The substance is not there to where in the years prior, it was always such a variety where it's like even somebody like a Tupac, he can make gangster rap music, but then come with a dear mama yeah, and right. keep your head up and stuff. It's like these rappers right now trapping big guns, big blunts, big wheat. That's all it is. And right. so it's not wide enough for somebody to be like, I might not like this song from him, but I like this. They just like music as a whole right now. It sucks. All right, let me ask ask you this yeah because this is where technology comes in because in the 90s when i was growing up to get your your song yeah. played you had to either be on mtv or you had to be on the radio, radio right right and now you can be on youtube you can be soundcloud, on SoundCloud. ITunes, spotify you can, you can be anywhere yeah. and everywhere you don't need to go through the the hoops and the hurdles to get into a studio, get a real producer, get something that is you can commercially airplay on the radio or put it on a video on MTV. Right. Now, I think that's there's some good to that because yeah. there are people that are coming out that probably would have never had a chance. True. But the water is dirty. It is murky. It is full of average to mediocre to bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And the the filtering out process that used to be record execs now they would filter out the bad stuff they'd also filter out all the money yeah right 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem yeah, that's like, right. I'm not saying it was a yeah. perfect system it right. was, they would steal money for right. sure but it would filter out a lot of mediocre to bad stuff and now 
ever like it's flooded. Drake put two songs out. Mm -hmm. Who does that? Mm -hmm. What have you been doing all day? Yeah, two <laughs> songs. Two songs. Yeah, we can make all, that today. Yeah, all I saw me was a double album right here. Right here. <laughs> we can make two songs right now. Me and you. Yeah, compilations you. and no, all that I, stuff. I get you. It's all right, now here, and here's the other thing. And let's just talk. You want to talk about this one Drake song, and you had, yeah. made, you made me listen to it. Yeah, I, I did make you listen to it. I listened to it. Did you like it? It is terrible. That song is awful. He really did save his opinions from the kitchen. He didn't save none of this, girl. Oh, he's it's, full of takes. It is a terrible song. It doesn't have a hook. It doesn't have anything that's going to make you want to listen. It is just, just vomit up words right. is what he did. There's right. nothing there. So I got a question. So we know. Did you think it was good? Hold on. No, I, mean, I, I understood the message. Okay, great. Also, <laughs> this is not a message. This is like I can go on a blog message. and read a good message, you but I want to be entertained. <laughs> Play me a song well, that I can sing the, the back. Bar, the bars wasn't entertaining? No. No. Jeez. Even when he talked about J-Lo and A-Rod? No, that's the only thing about that song that's halfway interesting. <laughs> and he said, he mentioned, was the Halo? Well, he we, said, yeah. I lost my Halo. I've, I, yeah. I have heard that that's a reference to Rihanna. Well, I thought Beyonce had a Halo, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm not out of there. All right, but even if, it is, <laughs> even if he is talking about Rihanna, when he talked about Halo, then he followed up with the bar talking about J-Lo, and he mentioned A-Rod. For those of you who don't know, A-Rod and J-Lo are dating. Many of you probably do know that, though. But, and I'm not trying to get, who, 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 what was the bigger loss for Drake? You lost Rihanna. I know you're a big Rihanna yeah. fan. And then you lose J-Lo. J-Lo is a legit legend. What's the bigger loss for Drake? I mean, on paper, again, let's go back to like the all-star debate. Like, on paper, <laughs> Rihanna's a, bit, a bigger loss because that's, I think Rihanna's more of a fun time. J-Lo is like, you would have to wait three hours before she can even get ready to walk out the door. Come I on. I get what you say. Like, there's, I get what you mean, like she doesn't walk anywhere without like a breeze blowing in her hair, <laughs> like lit perfectly. I think Rihanna would be the same way. But here's what, this is what makes it worse. All right, we can talk about Rihanna versus J-Lo. You lost J-Lo to A-Rod, okay? A-Rod is older than I am. He's the nerdiest billionaire that, in the world. I, I, that's why I think that J-Lo the bigger loss for Drake, because I look at Drake as more like a nerdy old soul than like, you feel me? I think Rihanna too much for Drake, man. Yeah, yeah, Rihanna will be yeah. out here tarnishing Drake's name, man. I'm telling you, man. So he needed him a J-Lo, man. Something that he could put together, an old 40-plus, yeah. yeah, you feel me? Drake already to, got that wisdomy type of <laughs> gamey. You feel me? He, that a gala yeah, one. We're yeah, to the yeah, Riri, Riri gonna go to the playhouse and <laughs> J Lo gonna go to the gala. You feel me? Period. So that's how I feel about it. You yeah, know what I mean? but, but but I mean, yeah, but A Rod, I mean, status wise. You're saying that A-Rod doesn't have more status maybe than Drake? A-Rod got more status. Mm, That's uh, Drake. We like, talking about Drake. A Drake may be the A-Rod of hip-hop. Yeah. 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 He yeah. be on performance. And, and because hip-hop yeah. is bigger than baseball, Drake, you feel me? But A-Rod is a, a hands-down, bona fide legend to me. For sure. You feel yeah, me? So I it's agree. like, I think... 
I don't know, but A-Rod make J-Lo look old. I'll tell you that much, though. A-Rod looking old in them pictures, man. <laughs> I follow the man on At the At least ground. Drake keep her young, huh? A-Rod looking old, man. But I'm she, he, Drake might have been too young for J-Lo, though. That might have been a problem, too. He might be in that in-between stage where he might have a little bit too much of an old soul for Rihanna, but he might have, you know, a little bit yeah, of a young... I don't know. Alexis, we got, we got, Alex, can you come here, please? Can you come here, please? Because I want a woman's perspective on this right now. I want to know what's the bigger, because, you know, we're three men talking about what's the bigger loss between. I don't want us to seem, you know, too, I don't want us to get any type of a bad rep for this. So we do have a female in here right now. So I want your perspective on what's the bigger loss for Drake, Rihanna or J-Lo? The bigger loss for Drake is definitely going to be J-Lo. I think J-Lo. <laughs> yes. And, I'm, and I love Rihanna. I'm like Team Riri all day. I love J-Lo as well. But J-Lo is just more of like a, more of a, more of a loss in terms of the fact that she is more wifey material than Rihanna would be. So you've seen that lasting. Him and J-Lo could have lasted. I, I, no, I don't think that him and J-Lo could have lasted. I think they were weird to begin with. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just unnatural. It was unnatural. It was, unnatural, it yeah. was like forced. Yeah, right. You know, I don't think, I think when it comes to J-Lo, like she just, she, Drake couldn't handle either of them. So, so like I said, so basically you said he got too much of a, so Rihanna has too much spice for him. Yes. And yeah. J-Lo is too conservative. Oh, so he is she's in between. Too conservative in between, to, at this point in stage in her life, but, she's too conservative for Drake. Yeah. But out of the two, J-Lo J-Lo was a bigger All right, for sure. Yes. Thank you much. <laughs> All right. Shout out to our special guest. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad yeah, we had to bring her in. I mean, you know, we got the guy talk going on, but we got a female step in here, so let's get her perspective on things. So let's get back to what it was really about, though. That song is awful. <laughs> this song is terrible. And uh, like yeah, if, you, if if, they, if you take out the one verse where he mentions yeah A Rod and yeah. J Lo, that is the most forgettable song right. I've ever heard. Yeah, and I was listening. Do you to think somewhere. he's a good artist? No, even beyond that song, no, no. I think he, he got something against you. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, they, they, no somebody man. was saying it's crazy how mm-hmm. after he been in the game for like ten years heavily, consistently now that he could literally drop two songs and make this much buzz and noise and I feel like that's kind of where Justin is at with it where it's like what have you been doing like people waiting like you drop two songs and call it a project and it's something that you know what I mean you could look at as mediocre or horrible in some cases so I just you know what I mean being an artist myself it's kind of like you know what I mean you expect more sometimes out of certain artists but it is crazy how on this platform you can drop two songs and it's literally like you just dropped a whole album worth of buzz me me and Pounce have talked about this multiple times and he knows my feelings on this I don't want rappers rapping about their hurt feelings so stop it Stop rapping about your hurt feelings. Rap about the streets. <laughs> rap, about, rap about how the cops don't get it. And rap about yeah. 40s. Yeah. And fun. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Don't tell me why your yeah. cell phone's not ringing, okay? <laughs> Good God. Drake, man up. 
I've heard this on many occasions. He really has been waiting to hit a microphone. Oh, Oh my god. That's why we had to bring him in, man. I know it's been a while, but (laughs) we had to bring him here. And Justin, thanks for coming and joining. I missed you, man. I hope you know everything is going good. And uh, (laughs) rap about drinks and big blunts. Don't rap about why your phone's not ringing. Seriously. What a way to end it. You really think Drake's phone's not ringing? Is nobody believing that nonsense? Oh, yeah, that was funny. I, yeah, I don't think it's a better way to end it than with that right there. Grand but, finale. Uh, yeah, that was the grand finale. But appreciate you all for listening and tuning in. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, D-Boy, what you, you got anything going on right now? Man, we just grinding right now. Still working on the upcoming project. Still pushing the listening party. So go check that out. Follow me at D-Boy LTD. Justin, what's, give us some final words, man. Um, I've got nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've reached the end of Netflix. <laughs> Which is, that's what I've been doing the last two months. Like, yeah, I, got to, you know. I tried to watch a show. They're like, you have reached the end of Netflix. <laughs> Well, there we have it. (laughs) So I'm going to leave you all the only way that I know how, and that is to stay woke and go win.